The following is an original audio series from Sierra International Machinery, Pile of Scrap, with your host, John Sacco. I'm with Dave Wolf of JWR. How you doing, John? I'm great. Thank you for joining me on Pile of Scrap. Oh, thanks for having so, me. JWR, for full disclosure, I always like to have full disclosure, you are not in the recycling business as a recycler. You are an equipment provider and service provider in the recycling industry. That is correct. And you are Sierra's only, only distributor, dealer that we have in all the world. Yes, we are. You're the man. Thank you for joining us. Hey. Very proud of that. So does the W stand for Wolf somewhere? No. Jim Wolf, what? Jim's Welding Repair. JWR. You do a it's lot a, more than welding repair, don't yes, you? Yes, we do. <laughs> Is that because of your growth or did your dad take you to that other level? Uh, my dad obviously started the company as Jim's Welding Repair and we graduated it to JWR. I have a guy whose company I bought on these because his name's Wayne Wolf. Mm-hmm. You guys related? No Are you guys tricked me on this? Did, no, no, did you no. somehow maneuver me to... No, no. no? You guys yeah, aren't related? I've been asked that question before, but no, no relation. Well, you know what? You wolf guys are okay, man. Uh, you, you've done an you. amazing job for Sierra. So let's, um, you know, it's, it's been fun. We've had a good day today. We've been, you know, touring your facility. I, I got to tell you, right across the street over there, that brand new truck service facility you have is something spectacular. Tell us about it. Tell us what made you go to it, because you put some money in there. Tell us about it, Dave. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, so we, st- we just another piece of the puzzle, and we wanted to add some more diversification to JWR. So we have be- had been a Galbraith dealer, so we've been, we were selling to Hoist, the roll-off Hoist, and you know that has taken off, and we ended up Put bringing in Curb Tender, who is a refuse body line, so we're distributed for Curb Tender. Our goal with the refuse truck stop is to be a full service refuse vehicle facility. Okay, so you're putting the bodies onto the roll-offs, uh, the, the rails. You're putting that on the chassis of uh, Peterbilt's, Kenworth's, Internationals. Who Max. am I missing? Max. Mm-hmm. Which one Definitely. sells the most? Out of curiosity, which is it's, the biggest truck in, in your area? I, it's, uh, you know, they all, they all fight hard. They, they, they all fight hard, well, and, they, and they all have their place. And, and, the and, east, and they all have their customer base, you know. In, in, in the New York East, that uh, New England corridor from Boston down to New York and Jersey, it's Mac. Mm-hmm. California, Sierra, in our facility, we run Kenworth Rolos. We do have some Peterbilt as well. Right. No Max. Right. Out in California. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of Macs in Wisconsin. Yeah? Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, that's really cool. So you guys mount, you provide the service for the dealerships and mounting the, the, the bodies for the uh, front-end loaders, rear-end loaders, and roll-offs, right? Yes. Good business for you. Has to be. You, Great. Tell us about this new facility you built because it's impressive, Dave. Yeah, the, it's uh, obviously, uh, it, it, in a way, with the curb tender and some of the mobile refuse were the new kids on the block. Um, but obviously, you know, put some hard work behind it and, and uh, build some good relationships, which is what our plan is. Um, we uh, decided to build a state-of-the-art facility that uh, we can encompass uh, the upfitting of any body, any hoist, uh, any 
drive-in repair, um, along with a full-scale refurb repair um, from a front loader to a hook lift, um, and back it up with quality service and parts. How many feet you have on your roof there? 42,000. That's impressive. Yeah, How many bay you. doors? There, I saw. I, know, I, I think I think we're 11 or 12 bays. You yeah. got it. Big overhead, two overhead gantry cranes for yep. lifting the bodies onto the chassis and stuff. Yep. Yes. Care to tell us how much you spent on that? Whew. On the cranes? No, the whole thing. The, the because, whole thing? Because I think, <laughs> here's why I asked yeah. the question. You know, at Sierra, look, we have 72,000 square feet under roof now in Jessup, Georgia, at a manufacturing plant. Right. And we added, uh, last summer we completed a uh, 24,000 square foot expansion. I and mean, we spent, with the new overhead cranes and everything, we spent over uh, close to $4 million. And mm-hmm. the reason we did that is we, we just needed another facility to handle our inventory for pumping units for our two ram balers to handle the shears and portable balers that come in and, and all the stocking for cylinders and electric motors. And you know what? When I walked in there the first time it was completed a year ago in August or into July, mm-hmm. it already looked too small. Yeah. You yeah. told me that today, your new facilities. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a... We have a an expansion plan already in place for another 250. So approximately how much you spent on this? Uh, just, just a little under four. Okay, you know why? Because the fact that you could spend that kind of money is, a, is testimony to the quality of work you do. You know, you are a dealer for Sierra. You sell two Ram balers for Sierra, in-feed conveyors, and soon you're gonna be handling our material handlers. But you also handle a lot of different products in the recycling and waste stream. Tell us more of what you're handling. Uh, well, you know, our goal is to become the one-stop shop in the industry. Uh, so compactors, you know, s- small, small compact, anything from a apartment compactor to a transfer compactor. Um, obviously, um, Sears, our premier product in, uh, on, on the two-ram baler side of it. But, you know, we'll sell anything from a little uh, vertical baler, you know, and right. graduate it all the way up to uh, um, a Reb 2 250, Reb 4. When you got involved with the business, was it right after you graduated college? Yes. You and I are very similar. We're the same age. Yep. We graduated college the same time. So I am like you. I am second generation. Mm-hmm. You know, my brother and I, Philip, he's my partner, 50-50. We have our scrap metal recycling. Of course, Sierra International Machinery with all the equipment, equipment we do. But you are the sole owner of JWR. Correct. And you don't have any partners, so you're the captain of a pretty big ship, and you're growing. Yep. What's the success? What's the, what's the, give me the one thing, if you had to, why is JWR so successful? I have great people. I have, I have a great team. I have a fantastic team. Um, you know, we, don't, we come to work to, to work, but we also come to work to enjoy our job and do, do the things we do. Um, you know, it, it, it's, I, have, I have loyal people. And, and we build relationships, you know? We're, we're not out selling equipment. We're, we're out building relationships. Well, that's part of your success. You're good people, you're honest people. I know that, you're, you know, you're a man of your word. And you know, my dad told me, and I bet your dad told you the same thing, without your word honor, you have nothing. Absolutely. And you know, that's why I think we have a successful relationship. And uh, so you're, but you are, you handle some national stuff versus you, you handle a pretty big region from, you know, you're here in w- lower Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you handle. So tell us all the states you're active in with with 
you know, the trucks, with the mounting of the, the truck bodies and the roll-offs. What, what, what's your, what is your radius? What, what, what do you? Well, um, you know, arrangements per, per dealership distributor agreements vary, um, but our primary local area for JWR, uh, Wisconsin, Illinois, Minnesota, Iowa, North and South Dakota. That's a big territory. There's a lot yeah. of ground to cover in that territory. There's a lot of ground to cover. And in Absolutely. your territory now, uh, in the recycling, let's, let's, instead of talking about waste, let's talk about the re actual recycling part of the, the industry. Mm -hmm. You've seen a lot of growth, not necessarily in red, but as far as communities really getting out there, even the small, you know, rural America, and this is where we are in Wisconsin and Minnesota and Iowa and Illinois, you know, there's just a lot of rural communities. Are yes. they investing more into the, the, the greenness of the recycling industry? Yeah, I, I believe they are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we've, we've uh, and again, in my opinion, the, the commodity prices dictate and, and drive a lot of that. Um, but yes, there has been fair growth um, in smaller recyclers starting up and, you know, trying to get up and get going and recycle a variety of things. What is the, what are you seeing percentage of municipal, municipalities driving the recycling efforts versus private industry? How, how is that, what is that playing out in this area, in your area? Uh, I, I would say it's a, it's a pretty good mix. You, you know, um, municipalities probably a little stronger than, than the um, privateer at this point in time. Um, you know, we have, we have a little bit of, uh, you know, from the recycling side of things, um, you know, s s some some recycle, some transfer. You know, and and the, the little guy that qu can't quite make it, you know, is is probably transferring his recyclables to you know the bigger guy. The bigger. Yep. Okay. Now you also. Okay. Now I'm going to shift to waste for a second because you know a lot of compactors and a lot of stuff you're doing the front end loaders. You know, dealing with waste. Mm -hmm. In your territory, you have sold Sierra balers that are baling garbage, and it's not very prevalent in the United States. Mm -hmm. Why did these customers that you sold to, why, would, why did they bail? What, what is the reason behind it? You, you know, it, it's about, uh, you know, footprint of the cell. You're, you're gonna get better density. You're, you're gonna get more material in the landfill. Um, you, you know, I think your overhead's reduced. Uh, it's not at the amount of cover and fill. Um, you know, you said something have, about we, wind. We we have uh, well our customers especially in the Dakotas there you know there are very few days that you don't have a 25 mile an hour plus wind and it's very beneficial the, you know they do not have the bag the the bale fill the bag the wrapped um, there's no debris blowing around it's it's very clean so 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 by bagging it or or, or wrapping it they're reducing the litter that's being blown out of a landfill a, a typical landfill significantly. Do you see that in an increasing amount in uh, the upper, you know, the Dakotas, maybe the UP, upper Wisconsin, upper Minnesota? Is that becoming more, uh, more prevalent? Yes. Yes, I believe so. And my prediction is it's going to become more prevalent nationally. Uh, you know, I yeah, think they don't do it. Very, you know, I have been befuddled why bailing MSW hasn't grown in this country 
because you can't convince me running over it with a big old compactor gets better density than bailing. Just I'm right can't. Th I'm right there with you. <laughs> Somebody sold somebody something better. We need to get better, I guess, at selling that. So, you also, okay. Let's talk about other products that you're, you're dealing with. You deal with the compactors. You do a lot of rebuild, and you do service work. We do you're service huge work. in your service work. Yes. Tell us about people rely on you and what kind of service work are you doing? Um, service, service work uh, nationally. Uh, we have a dedicated um, group of subcontractors uh, selectively positioned across the country. And I think right now the count is probably somewhere around 32 to 34,000 pieces of equipment that we service. That's um, a that, lot of equipment, it's, Dave. A, it's a lot of stuff. So it's, it's a lot of management, um, pretty much so, you know, the rough numbers, it would boil down to a couple hundred service calls a week, which, you know, if you have a call block rate of approximately 40%, you know, turns into 240. Uh, from the plan maintenance side of things, um, again, anything from a, from a small vertical baler in a grocery store to a two-yard stationary to um, a two-ram baler at a distribution or open-end auto tie. Uh, those it's it's a vast variety of equipment uh, that we service. Well, it, what's the largest job you guys ever did? I mean, the, just the biggest. The normally you're like, whoa, this is a big job. We've been involved in a in a in a couple big single stream setups, uh, some waste management stuff that's been pretty big. Um, but when it comes to that, you know, we try to stay in our wheelhouse. Um, the system stuff that we've been involved in. We keep it, you know, our involvement in systems that are probably less than 10 tons per hour. That's, okay. that's our wheelhouse. And that, that's an arrangement that gives us the, you know, we like to go into something, you know, we believe if, if a manufacturer makes a variety of things, they make some things better than others. And, and we like to sort of go in little small systems and cherry pick some of the some of the stuff that we feel will that you're more that comfortable customer. with it. So how many employees yeah. are here at JWR? Uh, Forty-two. Forty-two, growing, growing. COVID nineteen. What's that done to business? COVID nineteen was, you know, a strange thing. Something that none of us have ever experienced, obviously. And, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I guess my best my best analogy of the COVID experience was from a business owner standpoint if i came to you and said hey john you know you're going to see a um, a reduction in revenue or business in general by 45 percent over the next 90 or 120 days would you like it no but you could plan for it right and and i think the most difficult part of this COVID experience is we've a have have never experienced it before right and b you you didn't know what the end game was you, you, you there was nothing at, from the from the management side of that you could say i need to plan for this right so it, it just dropped it just dropped in our laps and absolutely and even today we're all still scrambling what to do you know there's been some spikes some area you know in some areas not and you know south dakota really never had it and mm -hmm. what have you so you know, it's it's been an interesting. You know, you just opened up this beautiful shop, mm -hmm. and a COVID hits. Absolutely, yeah. Just, yeah, I, you're yeah. not alone. We opened up Jessup. Mm -hmm. 
in October of 2008 when the world stopped. Right. You know, that, I remember that. So, mm -hmm. you know, that we survive, we're survivors, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think that's part of probably how our fathers trained us. It's absolutely. On the fiscal responsibility and putting our money back into our company and not someplace where, and we're gonna make you money. Always have to keep your company strong. So you have a son who's 26 years old. Mm-hmm, Christopher. Is he the next generation at JWR? He, he will be the next generation at JWR, yeah. So, making his way around the horn, started sweeping floors, washing windows. Well, the first piece of equipment I ever operated was a broom. Absolutely, <laughs> you have to learn. I say that every podcast where people get tired of it, but it's true. It's true. It, it, it's, it's, true. it's funny how all these things, all of us in this industry, when you're related to the recycling industry, so many of us grew up, the first thing we did was sweep. And, and, and it was, you know, you have to have a clean shop. You have a beautiful shop. You are very meticulously clean here at JWR. Uh, and kudos to you on having that because that really, it, it sh shows the culture in your offices are just fantastic. This conference room that we're in, it's, it's impressive. I'm going to go back and tear mine down. <laughs> I don't have a conference room like this. I need one like you this. You can use this anytime. Well, I appreciate that. A little far away, though. I can't drive. I can't get True. up in the morning. Long, long commute. It is, a, it is a long commute. So going forward, Dave, in, in planning, how much of your plans on your growth right now is still based on an assumption you don't know what's going on with, with the economy that has slowed or is it like damn the torpedoes full speed ahead? Mm -hmm. What is your philosophy going forward here? We're, we're full speed ahead. You know, we, uh, we haven't, uh, we've been smart, you know, we, we've, we've controlled some purchasing things and, and, and maybe, you know, toned it down a little bit on, on inventory where, where need be. You know, there are some things, positive things that we've taken away from COVID you know, that uh, sort of showed us where maybe we could do a couple of things a little differently or a little better, maybe be a little more diversified within a certain aspect of our of how we run our company. Um, but uh, my belief coming out of this is 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 just to uh, to stay strong and stay ahead of it and have what people are looking for when they're ready to buy. I'm going to have have it on the shelf ready to go. Are you? At night, does this keep you up, this current situation? No. Does that worry you? No. You're a confident guy. I'm in it for a long haul. Well, you're, you're confident, you're confident in, in it, and I think you have a lot of reason to be confident because our business relationship, Sierra's and JWR, has it's a solid working relationship. You know, look, owner to owner here. We mm -hmm. can look at you. We've talked on the phone. And knowing you for that I've known you now, knowing how you operate and coming back out here again, it's just great to be back here with you and to see the growth. Your people are fantastic. You know, Thank you. Jerry and, and, and Mona and, and Amber and, and Kelly, you know what? And, and the old other crew, the people that I don't know, but I know them. you know, you've got a fantastic mm -hmm. crew. And, and obviously, as you said, it's part of your success. And, uh, and I think, you know, that's the hardest thing. So in this labor market, Mm -hmm. How hard is it to find people today? You know, I mean, we've got 42 million Americans unemployed, but certain parts of the country, you can't find people. What is it like here? Yeah, it, it's, uh, that's been a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, you know, eight, 10 months ago, it, it, it was really, you know, 
pre-COVID, it was it was a, a little bit a, a little challenging, um, you know, and, and it's tough to. We're pretty selective as well, you know, so that makes it a little more difficult. Um, just some way, somehow, some way, we we always end up with the right person when we need that person. What skill set employee are you? that you want the most? Is it somebody who understands electrical? Is it welding? What is it? A, a va- vast variety. Um, you know, f- from the skilled labor side of things at JWR, I'm a big believer in cross-training, okay. you know, and it, uh, especially being a small, small company. And again, you know, the pride that I have in my guys that, you know, a shop fabricator, that may be your main job, but you're trained so that if you need to pop out on an install, you pop out on an install. If I need a, a second hand on service or someone else to jump into a service truck, I have you know seven or eight guys that could be the jack of all trades. How many service trucks do you have out there? You got uh, a nice, not they're beautiful, but how many you got? I, I think six, six units. Six, and they're beautiful units. I Thank wish you. you know those who will listen to this audio podcast. You can't see them, but they're beautiful rigs. You had a couple older ones here in your shop, and uh, you showed me. Oh, I got to talk about your shop. Your original Jim's Welding Repair Shop. Yeah. How many square feet is that? That was a... 2,000? I mean... Yeah, three about. Th- yeah, about. It was a 40 by 60. Yeah. 2,400. Yeah, 2,400. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. look at this now. 42,000 square foot, beautiful truck. And then your other shop that you have here. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it, uh, we have a lot of pride in that. Yeah. And <laughs> so your son and five... Eight years is going to, Dad, we're going to put up a 100,000-square-foot facility, huh? <laughs> it could ride. happen. It could happen. It could happen. Now you, well, you're good people, and you're, and you're doing what, uh, you know, what's what. So tell us, okay, I'm from California, Bakersfield. Our coldest winter is, is a night that gets down to 28 degrees. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's business like up here? In January? Yeah, when it's minus a z- zillion it, degrees. What, it, it, what happens here? How, do, how does it affect the jobs and, and the work that gets done. It's tough. It, it, it's real tough. We, we, get some, we get some nasty weather. Um, you know, there's days that it's just not practical. You, you can't send an installation team out in 20 below zero. You know, first of all, it's not safe. No. You're not efficient. Um, so there's a, you know, through the cold winter months, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, you know, on-the-fly adjustments based on, on the weather. Um, service guys sometimes have to grin and bear it. You know, they, you just keep the truck running and keep the heat going and carry a ready heater. And okay, in, in this in Johnson Creek, mm-hmm. where JWR is located, you got Watertown just up the road. Um, how far are people traveling to come to work here? Because at our plant in Jessup, I have people traveling 40, 50 miles a day to come to work at in our plant in Jessup. We're we're pretty we're pretty local. I would say the the longest employee commute, you know probably 20, 25 minutes, but most of them, um, you know, may not, may not, uh, if they're not local when they, when they start here, you know, we get somebody good, we don't let them go. Um, you know, so they may start out and, and, and find that we haven't had a lot of people relocate, you know, and, and, uh, move closer to JWR. So yeah, it's, uh, we do real good with, uh, having local people. Okay. As a vendor, into the recycling industry, okay? You know, look, I process recyclables every day at Sierra. Mm-hmm. But as a vendor, you see things. How often 
have you actually helped a customer change how he's looking to process and made him more efficient by not necessarily selling him a piece of equipment, but offering up your experience from all the different places you've seen that you thought was better? It, we do it all the time. That, that's, that's part of building a relationship with your customer. Um, and it probably happens more than you would think it does. Um, you know, sometimes we all become, you know, victim of, you know, we drive so hard every day to, to do what we're doing, to do our day-to-day -day and whatever. And, you know, that guy's out there bailing or, or, or running a transfer station, you know. You get, you get caught in your way and you get, you get set in your routine. And, you know, most of those times you go in there and say, hey, well, why are you doing it that way? You know, if you just change this and tweak that and, you know. See, and I think, you know, this podcast, like I said, I've had people, a lot of people in the recycling industry, and you're the first equipment company that I've had on mm -hmm. Pile of Scrap. And I think there is the relationships that are valuable for exchange of information and efficiencies. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter who, what, where. Sometimes it's that communication, that, that conversation you have with people that can help you be more efficient. And I know that from all my friends in the recycling. Like when I was chairman of ISRI, and I'm very involved in ISRI, the Institute of Scrap Recycling Industries, I have visited so many facilities, and I have learned so much about how environmental compliance, yep. safety compliance, and some operational efficiencies, markets for materials. Mm -hmm. and. I've learned a lot from my fellow recyclers. And so you're, you are also exchanging ideas and information with other customers through what you learn from others. And I think a people need absolutely. to know that. Absolutely, yes, yes we do. Yeah, you, you know, defenders are, you're, well, but you're the type of guy, and I can say this, you're just, like, so you build, it just isn't about the sell of a piece of equipment because if you can help a customer someplace, he's gonna remember you. You bet. He's gonna remember, hey, Dave Wolf helped me on something and he, it had nothing to do with the equipment that he was selling. Correct. And they're going to come back. You bet, because you're building a relationship. Yeah, I think people need to know that there are so many quality vendors out there with experience. You know, I, and you, you grew up, did, did you come to work with your dad as a kid? Were you a grease monkey like your dad or not? So-so. Mm, no. I, Hell, I don't even know how to use a screwdriver. Well, I, I do, but yeah. that's about the only tool in a broom that I know how to use. But. Yep. I, I, I have done... Every job, the, the one rule that I have in this company is I would never ask somebody to do something that I haven't done. So, yeah, anyway, I was the first service tech. I was the first compactor installer. I was the first shop guy. But in, you know, as far as the grease monkey wrench guy, I'm not the guy that's going to take a motor apart. I, you know, I could probably take it apart, but it's not going to run when it goes back together. It's, well, I could take it apart. It's never going back right, together. Absolutely. So, you know, you, you mentioned something about safety and, and cold weather on the installs. I want to circle mm -hmm. back to that because I did a machine install back in 1995, January of 1995 in Wabash, Indiana. The temperature was minus 48 degrees with wind chill. Mm -hmm. And you said it was, un it's, it's unsafe. it was unsafe because what I did not realize happened to Antonio Torres, who's our head tech, and we were on this install together grabbed me and put me by the fire because what he told me was, is look, you're starting to get, you know, hypo, uh, yep. what, hypothermia. hypothermia. And, and you don't realize it. Right. 
And that's really dangerous when you're out in the elements. Mm -hmm. And you know, a kid from California like me, Bakersfield, uh, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not it. So yeah. safety is a big thing. And so yes, let's is. talk about safety for a second with JWR. Mm -hmm. What is your guys' mantra with safety here? What, what, are, you, what are you guys doing with safety here? Well, we, uh, we don't have an in-house safety director, so we contract everything through CentOS. Okay. But uh, every, every um, fr from shop install and service, our guys are safety trained, and I think it's 21 different aspects. From Fantastic. From lockout, takeout, to bloodborne pathogens, uh, ladder safety, maybe. Fall protection. Fall protection. Absolutely. Well, you, you, you just have to. You know, the, Absolutely. The, you want them safe, and you want your customers safe. Safety's number one. Yeah, it's, you, know, it's, you know, that's the thing. You can't go into some of these companies with a bad safety record. They no, won't let you in. No, you, you can't go on, you, you know, it's a, you know, confined space. You know, there's so many things. It, it's, it's as simple as a, a forklift operator's, you know, training you, certificate. You know, you said something. You're not going to get in and, and do the job. Confined space. Mm -hmm. People will climb inside a baler and they don't realize you have to be confined space trained mm -hmm. to get inside a baler. Absolutely. And let's hope to God they've locked and tagged out that baler before they mm -hmm. climb in there. That's what scares the crap out of me. I know. Lock out, tag out. Mm -hmm. Most people, ah, oh, bells paper. You know, some machine that bells cars and cuts iron, people, ooh, that's a powerful machine. But you know, so many people don't see a paper baler. Uh, you're, absolutely. As a dangerous it, piece of equipment. Yeah, and, and they're sadly mistaken because it is. You, you know, you have to treat every piece of equipment with respect. But yeah, I mean, we're very adamant. Lock out, tag out confined space it's even you know you need to make sure that the air's right in <laughs> confined space sure know? so take a sniffer along and figure it out so one last thing on safety mm -hmm. traveling when weather hits and weather can hit in a hurry out here mm -hmm. you know it could be sunny and 30 40 degrees and 10 minutes later it's 25 degrees sleeting and the roads are icing up yes how do you deal with that? You just have to, you know, it's uh, it's easier to deal. So many of us up here, born and raised in it, you know, it's the first thing. You know when to slow down. You know, you know when to take the extra precautions, um, and and that's about all you can do. You know, just slow down and take your time, you know, and make it work. Yeah, it's make it work. Well, you know, I I, I admired that aspect of this part of the country of how people can work and the conditions mm -hmm. that you guys have and do it and go home at the end of the day and make it and you know, drive the roads and what have you but in a year's time how many due to weather how many days are just flat out closed do you get a year because it's just a blizzard or ice storm or something we, we i don't know that we've ever i think we have one day in probably the last five years that we actually just said don't come to work um you know, typically, you know, we'll, like I said, installations in service. I mean, sometimes it's also not practical to go out and service right. a machine. You know, if it if you're talking 24 below zero and there's no relief in sight, some <laughs> you know, sometimes it doesn't pay to get it running again, you know, for a day because it's going to do the same thing tomorrow or the same thing two hours from now. I agree. Um, but, uh, you know, we always have a few soldiers that always end up, you know, marching in. And, uh, you know, there's, there's been many times that we've had to bring vehicles in the shop. You know, sure. not a lot of activity going on anywhere. 
so that they, they'll start when they leave. What do you recommend to your customers who have outdoor facilities and equipment outdoor? At what degree do you tell them, just don't run it because it's just going to hurt it? It's, uh, you, you start, uh, you know, typically with anything that we turn out here, we use a minus 30 pour oil in anything okay. that's, that's going to sit outside. But you get to that point that, uh, you know, minus 15, minus 20 is pretty cold. And it's just better it, off, it, don't it's run. Just, just don't run it. Yeah, I, I, I agree because I think, you know, when it gets that cold, seals don't, you know, you got to, mm-hmm. you get the time you have to warm up a machine and dry cycle it to just get the oil flowing you exactly. know, and hydraulically and, uh, you know, that's where failures and uh, seal failure. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that it's a major failure, but it's a, it's a, you know, it's not fun. You still got to repair right. it, you know, right. and, and I think people, you know, when it gets too cold, there's sometimes you just got to mm-hmm. say. Wait till tomorrow. All right. Wait till the sun comes out. Now, speaking of cold, mm-hmm. I went to Brett Favre's last game at Lambeau Field in minus 20 degree weather. I was there. Were you there? No. I went. I survived. <laughs> That's great. We're both Green Bay Packer fans. And I, got, well, I want to bring that up because... I always, as a kid growing up, I, I, you know, the Ice Bowl, the famous Bart Starr touchdown against the Dallas Cowboys in mm-hmm. the mi- minus 13 degree, uh, well, I forget what wind chill was that day. And uh, so with the NFC Championship game where the Giants and the Packers played and it was minus 20 degrees, my brother and I came out for that game mm-hmm. and had all the right gear, had all the right foot. I, I had everything right. Yep. And I was never cold. I wanted to experience life at minus 20 with a stadium full of screaming fans a little bit muffled it was loud it was loud it was loud it was great so we're gonna have football this year with fans in the stands at lambo huh I i sure hope so i sure hope so it's uh yeah i think it's sort of a toss of the coin right now and i think it is you know hey we bring it up you know look for all that we do, we have, we have some fun stuff. We have some things in common. Here I am from Bakersfield, California, and you're up here in Green Bay Packer land, and we're both Packer fans. And we, we, I got to share that. I mean, Absolutely. Point of interest. You know what? I'm yeah. a Green Bay Packer fan, all right? So am I. So there it is. I'm sorry yeah. to all you other fans of other teams out there. I'm a Packer fan. Yeah. That's just what it is. Well, Dave, listen. Awesome time. It's been a great day for me here, talking with all your people, seeing your just. I'm bragging about your new facility because it's just that impressive. And I Thank you. congratulate you on it. Congratulate you on having the, the, the incentive to, you know, to, to have it. I don't want to use the bad word I was going to use, but to do it, to have the <laughs> courage, shall I say, to do it. And, you know, there's a reason for your success. I wish you the best success going forward. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, that's Appreciate an- it. Th- thanks for having faith in, in myself and JWR. Um, cherish the relationship that we have. And uh, prouder than ever to be the only Sierra distributor. It's, it's awesome. Proud to have you. And that's it for another episode of Pile of Scrap. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. That was good. Awesome. This has been a Sierra International Machinery original audio series. Thanks for listening. Please share this podcast and make sure to subscribe.